Hello, welcome to My Secret Obsession. Today we are talking with Drea Moore. Just a few weeks ago, we listened to his tenant problem by Drea also. Hello, Drea, how are you? I'm good. Um, getting ready for the holiday and all of the chaos. Oh, yes. That is for sure. There is chaos. It is. It has descended upon us. <laughs> Have you got your Christmas shopping done? Um, mostly. I was very lucky and... Um, my husband did most of it online and I just had to go through and say, yes, that's good. Yes, that's good. So that's perfect, that was, isn't it? it was wonderful. Yeah, that is great. I've done most of it. Um, and, you know, my girls are in they're seniors in high school now. And it's funny because Christmas, I always loved Christmas. And it was always fun when they were little to get all the presents and the tree would look beautiful. And, you know, you have all this wonderful time together and, and they're excited. You know, kids get so excited about Santa and all the presents. And um, I remember because we open our presents on Christmas Eve. So the 24th. Okay. But one year um, they convinced me that they needed to open a present on Christmas Eve's Eve. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they were like, please, you know, begging. And so we did let them open one present on the 23rd. And, you know, that was kind of like, all right, that's silly. But um, anyway. So then we do it on Christmas Eve, but you know, this year with, uh, you know, they're seniors, so I can't buy them clothes. Forget that. I have no idea. Anything I pick out, I think they'll like, they'll be like, no. So um, <laughs> one, a new tradition that we have started is um, I'll buy some like small hand lotions or some small candies and cookies bars. And then I get a little bit of money cash out and I wrap all of those things separately and we put them in a big pile and we roll dice. We go two people at a time. And the person who has the biggest number gets to take a gift from the pile. So you don't know what you're getting. And Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And sometimes it, you could get a skip, you know, like you don't get anything or you get a take from the person next to you or somebody else gets to take from you. So it, it's kind of fun because you never know really what you're going to do and what you're going to get. It is exciting because one of my daughters is vegan and last year when we did this, she managed to get chocolates, which of course weren't vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So she was like, I hope I better not get all the chocolates that you're wrapping. <laughs> we'll take her 20. I think she had a 22 and somebody stole her 20. So, oh, no. Yeah, I know. And gave her chocolate. So I'm like, okay, I, I thought I'm going to have to have some vegan chocolates on hand that I can like swap it out with. But. So I was curious, what is like a tradition or something fun that you guys do um, or a memory that you love to think about at Christmas or the holidays? Um, well, I, I have two. Uh, that are, they're kind of related. Um, my grandma was, she was a queen of Christmas in a lot of ways growing up. Uh, and we would have really big Christmases on um, Christmas morning. Uh, we would wake up and we'd open presents with my parents and then we would go to grandma and grandpa's. Uh, it was all in Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, and we would open so many presents that as an adult, I look back and I'm like, there was like this hangover in the yeah. middle of the afternoon. Like I did not know what to do with myself. Right. So uh -huh. when Ryan and I uh, started having kids, we have three. Uh, our oldest is uh, he's six and, and in the first grade. So we have a six year old, a four year old and a almost two girl, wow. little girl who is acting like she's two and a half. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> that makes it kind of fun. It, it can be, yeah. And, yeah. and we do it a little bit differently because of this, because we didn't want, 
I, I want it to be a family time. Yeah. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, we start actually on solstice on uh, Yule on the 21st. Oh, okay. And we open, open or do a project, like a family project, uh -huh. uh, once a day from the 1st through uh, New Year's. So that way we can wrap in like our parents still wanting to do like yeah. the traditional Christmas thing. So my kids don't miss out on that with grandparents, right. mm -hmm. but we give them a little more time with each of their gifts. So I'm trying to avoid, I, I want genuine appreciation yeah. and less of that hangover feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and on, on Yule, uh, one of the traditions, my favorite one is we, open a uh, a family gift okay. so it's usually a like a board game or something so we'll we'll open a new game and then we'll play play as a family that night oh that sounds really nice yes so uh yeah so we do and then sometimes uh ryan will get like two or three because like we can't decide so we end up <laughs> it's supposed to be just one but uh -huh. sometimes <laughs> it, it ends up being like a series of uh of games that we just play together. Um, and this year, since no kids are in the room right now, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a junior ticket to ride. So I'm, I'm uh, excited about that. I've so, never heard of that, that game junior. ticket. So it's yes. So it's a, um, there are these, you know, the, the European style board games mm -hmm. and ticket to ride is a, um, a train based one where you like lay out the tracks and stuff. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. And so, so the junior one is, um, the, for the youngest, uh, kids. So you can include the youngest children in your house right. in the game. I'm definitely uh, excited about that. Well, that <laughs> so that should like be fun. fun. Well, that's nice doing the family game because then you're kind of, especially on that night, because, yes. you know, sometimes we buy games for kids and they never really get played. But the way you're doing it is that they have to actually play it at least once and, and they may find out that they really like it rather than just being yes. like, eh, I don't feel like doing that right now, which yeah. sometimes happens. Yeah. Last year we did Sorry. Well, that sounds wonderful. And that is fun. Yeah. Because it, it, I think um, playing these board games are kind of like a rite of passage, too. You know, because mm -hmm. it's something that later, you know, when you meet people later, like at college or something, if you have talking about memories or whatever, you know, everybody knows, sorry, everybody knows Monopoly. It's something that people can talk about or share or it's something that connects us with people. So I think that's really neat that you do that. One of my girls love the game Exploding Kittens, and I have never played it, but I think it's actually, <laughs> it's almost like it's a card game or they use cards. Yes. And they love that. That was a good one. But they're I, also older. I, I think um, if I if I'm recalling correctly, that might be by the same people who do Cards Against Humanity. I think so. I think they might yes. be the same. Yeah. So. Yes. Well, that's but, fun. I I think that's great doing the games, and what a great idea. That's an, cool. I want to talk to you about your story. Are Cookie Crumbles? Yes. You want to tell us about that? I really enjoyed it. It, it was just an idea that came to me. I saw a lot of people on Bella and in the community starting to do holiday stories. And uh, this was one that just hit me. I'd already done a bit of an age gap with uh, his tenant. So I didn't really want to go that route for this one. Mm -hmm. I also am really big on the found family kind of concept. I really liked the idea uh, that that both of my characters have basically her dad to lose. She wants a relationship with him as an adult because they mm -hmm. never really had one when she was a kid. Right. Um, and 
he has his own problems making connections and had like some crappier family experiences. So I like playing with that psychology yeah. and pulling all of them together. Pretty sure I, I've been back and forth about a particular twist that might come later, uh, but I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to end up going that route now because it makes the most sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, maybe questions. Cause otherwise I will just ramble. It will happen. <laughs> well, let's say if you could just give us a quick synopsis, but okay. Sure. Uh, so Cookie Crumbles is uh, is the story about uh, Lenny Sellers, who is a 25-year-old uh, about to graduate college, and her mom has remarried and started a new life, and she does not feel comfortable going back there for her last winter break, so she decides to reconnect with her father, who she's talked to on the phone and that sort of thing for the last few years, but they haven't really seen each other since she was eight. Um, She decides to kind of surprise him and, you know, like told him with not very much advance notice, hey, I want to go spend the holiday with you. Yep, she rolled the (laughs) (laughs) And so he doesn't quite know what to do because in his plans is he wants to propose to his new girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So, um, and they're, you know, older and so... He's like kind of of the, you know, it's now or never sort of thing. And so she kind of throws him for a loop. So he's trying to, from his perspective, from the dad's perspective, he wants a relationship with his daughter, doesn't know how to have it, and is also trying to move forward in his life. Right. So he kind of shuffles her to his much younger best friend who doesn't really have anything other than uh, work going on for him. Mm -hmm. And he has... A string of girls in his past, but nobody he's ever taken seriously because of his own family uh, issues. Right. The two of them will connect pretty mm-hmm. much, uh, pr- pretty quickly because yes. that, that's fun. <laughs> right, it is. And you know, I don't, I don't want to give it away because I want people to listen to it. But it, when it played out the way it played out, I was like, no, I because I really <laughs> thought somebody was going to do the opposite of what they did. <laughs> Okay. Do, do you, can you guess what I'm referring to? Cause it's I, I, I think, I think so. I yeah. think so. I, it did, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what a jerk. But, um, <laughs> but I think we were supposed to think that too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the listeners, you need to listen to the first two chapters so that you can know what we're talking about. <laughs> yes, but, yes. That was like, oh, so that frustrated me. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think that was good, though, because that's going to be like okay. the problem they have to get over. You know what I mean? A little, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. It, it's going to it will become the circumstances around their meet cute will end up being a um, kind of a running joke. OK, yeah. <laughs> so um, I was going to say I could say that that in her mind when she meets him for real, knowing who yes. he is, you know, she's yeah. already got a negative opinion of him. So yes, it, 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 I think it changes a little bit pretty quickly, but it, there's still this resistance right. for a lot of ways. Um, but because I love angst and that's yeah. just that that's just it. Um, so there is a lot of that. There's angst and there's pining and there's, you know, the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to give anything away. So I'm like, I don't know what to, <laughs> what I loved what to say. 
Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. I feel lucky that um, I am meeting all these different authors and, and I'm getting exposed to so many different types of books. And it's really kind of fun to, to see what other people are producing and putting out there. So um, I want to thank you for coming on um, and talking with us about your cookie crumbles and your holiday traditions. That sounds great. And um, thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And listeners, make sure you stay tuned because we're going to listen to that cookie crumbles right away. Was there anything else you needed to say or you wanted to say before we go? I'm good. I hope everybody enjoys it. Um, it's on Kindle Vela and my pen name is Anna Bridge. Thank you oh, very good. much. I'm glad you mentioned that. I had forgotten to ask you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So thank you for mentioning that. Your books are all on Kindle Vela, right? Uh, right now, um, that I think that will be changing uh, this next year. But okay. And then they'll be on Kindle Unlimited? Probably Kindle Unlimited. And I'm trying to decide which ones... Uh, I want just ebook and which I want to also go print. Okay, cool. All right. Well, great. Thank you. Have a wonderful holiday. Yes, you too. Have a happy holiday. Chapter one, Lynette. My nerves are raw before the wheels even touch the runway. My hands shake as I stand to retrieve the charcoal overhead bag and shoulder my black purse. Everyone rushing around me steps wide when I curse at the overhead latch but then yelp when the bag begins to fall on my head. At least there were size restrictions, or else the thing could have carried my slight frame to the well-tridden walkway. Tears gather in my eyes. I'm already nervous about what awaits me off the plane, and the sound of an instrumental version of White Christmas trickling in from the airport made the ball of nerves rolling in my belly start to eat themselves. Inching behind the crowd, walking over the jet bridge, I turn my phone over in my hand, repeatedly impulsively turning it off airplane mode before dropping it into the outer pocket of my purse. I let my breath out in a long hiss. Halfway across the airport proper, my phone beeps like crazy, as Wi-Fi connects and a million notifications hit all at once. My dad, the dad who walked out when I was eight, guided by my own need to heal, I had contacted him six years ago and began to build a tentative relationship, one that I am... At this moment, second-guessing. The modern lobby, with its ancient brown carpet, informed me that the small city and its collection of towns did not have the wealth to channel into airports. I grab the rest of my bags and don't look at my phone until I'm standing outside, just in front of the doors under the overhang. Rain comes down in sheets, and thunder vies with the ribbons of holiday music weaving for spectators inside the airport. I take a big breath, square my shoulders and look at my messages. There are three, all from F. Sellers. Her first one. I can send someone to pick you up. Do you want me to? The second one. What time was your plane due? I was hoping to ask a friend to get you, but we're all going to be at this party at 3 p.m. It's Patty's thing. You'll like Patty. Then our third message. Okay, I see the itinerary. Ace, that's my friend. He had some last-minute things to do. Here's the address, 6053 Bell Court. Can you just get an Uber? Patty says bring butter. She's running low. Bring butter? I grumble at my phone. Really? I tap my Uber icon in annoyance and then cross my arms. Does he even want me here? Why am I here again? Because my mom remarried. Her new husband was a widower and brought two kids with him, 
a middle schooler, and an elementary schooler. And then he and my mom had a baby a year after their wedding. A full house. A blended family. I can't begrudge her this happiness. She'd been chasing after it, but it contrasts so strongly with all my struggles growing up that I'm uncomfortable. I come home on breaks and watch them build a family I never had. I feel like an outsider looking in on a stranger's private life. Thanksgiving had been weird. So I impulsively informed my dad that I was going to come to him for my holiday break. All his friends were adults, so I expected to be much more comfortable with the vibe. I just had to put my whole childhood on the back burner. The Uber pulls up and the driver, a young man with glasses and a vague accent, audible when he asks, Are you Lynette Sellers? Yeah, I say, pulling up the hood on my navy raincoat. Can I put my bags in your trunk? Of course. The trunk made a popping sound as he hit a button, and I shoved my bags inside while the rain beat on my head with a constant rhythm. After shoving the trunk down, I slid into the back seat, which he covered with a towel. I have umbrella bags if you like one, he offered. That's okay. I didn't bring one. Suit yourself, he says and glances at his map on the car's screen. Heading to the nice part of town, are you? I guess, I say. I don't know this area, not at all. Dad moved here when he left, and I knew the name from birthday cards and Christmas cards, but he never called back then. Actually, is there a grocery store I could stop at on my way over? Sure, he says. The app will charge you. That's fine, I say. I had grant money, a scholarship, and had just left a part-time job. My desperation to be away from my mother and her revolving door of boyfriends during my adolescence paid off in college, when my club participation and gap year spent volunteering earned me scholarships, and my mother's minimal income earned me a grant. Even though she was now married, I was not listed as her husband's dependent, just my mom's. They decided to file separately on taxes for my sake until graduation. I had a semester left. Tom, my mom's husband, seemed annoyed that I was taking an extra year. I was the burr in the fabric of their perfect family. The itch for my own life was intense. I didn't know what path to take forward, and coming here felt an awful lot like avoidance rather than progress. My driver pulls into the parking lot of a tiny grocery store. I parked as close to the walkways as I could. This end of town likes its mom and pops. Thanks, I say, tugging my hood back up and carefully easing out of the car. I pull my purse in front of me and run into the store, head tucked. Inside, I wipe my feet on the mat, push the hood down, and view the tiny grocery store with its neat aisles and a handful of checkers. No self-check. I'm not avoiding human interaction here. I wipe my hand over my face. Right. Butter. I got this. Naturally, it took me forever to find the small corner where they sold butter. More so because it was empty except for one measly box. At least there's one, I mumble and grab the butter. How badly do you need that box? Says a deep voice behind me, and I jump. Thank goodness I have a decent grip on the cardboard. I spin to face the man, and he smiles at me in a teasing sort of way. My surprise pleases him. He has blue eyes that watch me in a calculating manner, as if he can read my thoughts from a minor twitch of my fingers. He has a day's worth of stubble, and his well-fitted button-up was wrinkled like he didn't care how he looked. He didn't need to. Not with those eyes. That smile fading into a smirk. Those broad shoulders. 
Something akin to attraction stirred in my belly, but I ignored those senses anymore. They had led me down all the wrong roads in my teens, and I'd been trying to heal and pick myself up since my senior year. Since one specific ex, one batch of frenemies, and no support system to fall back on. It's a peace offering, I say. It's the first thing my dad has asked me for in 17 years. It might be stupid, but I did see it as a peace offering. Following through for him was the next step building an adult father-daughter relationship. I could pour a lot of fucking significance into this little package of butter. You don't look like a girl who should grovel, love. Your man should be. Why the fuck did he use an endearment? I bristle on the outside and melt inside. I like the way the word shapes on his lips. I like his gaze lingering on me. I don't know you. Don't call me that, I say. And you don't know the situation. True. Do you want to know me, though? He asks and step closer. Too close. With all the smugness of someone who knows the world finds him handsome and charming. Even when he's disheveled. I wouldn't require butter. I'm sure there are far better ways to apologize. My tongue doesn't work. He reaches a hand for my face and I jump back, dropping the butter. He grins, picks it up, and winks at me. Thanks, love, he says, and I still don't have words as the asshole saunters over to the checker and pays for the butter. The store is so small I can see everything from where I am. My mouth hangs open as he raises the butter over his head on the way out the door, a signal to his own victory. My failure. I could be fucking charmed and flirted with so he could steal the last box of butter in the store. I have nothing. I'm failing at that one tentative, maybe ordinary, if weird task my dad gave me on the way to a party with all my bags and no idea if I'm staying at my dad's house or a hotel or anything at all. I drag my feet as I return to the Uber. I glance at my image in the rear view as I slide across the blue terry cloth towel. My frizzy hair is coming out of my high ponytail. My lipstick is smeared, probably when I fell asleep on the plane. I am a mess. An absolute mess. He was messing with me. There was nothing here to look at, as he looked at me. It was all about the butter, and I, again, was being stupid. All set, Miss Sellers? I dug into my purse for my makeup. I could put myself together if just a bit. It was all I could do at this point. Yeah, I say, and he starts the car. Chapter 2. Ace. I toss the butter into the passenger seat as another text dings through my cell. I glance down at it. Freddy, come on, man. I need you to do this for me. I roll my eyes and mutter under my breath. She's your daughter. I'm not hosting some college kid. It dings again. Freddy, Ace, I'm not sending my daughter away. Uh-huh, I say to my business partner and only friend, even though he's not there. You're just asking me to get her from some airport and me to house her for the holiday because you can't stand telling her what you're actually doing. Freddy couldn't tell his grown-ass daughter he had a girlfriend, and he no longer spent any time in his two-bedroom townhome. Freddy, you were always my wingman. You know what my plans are this holiday season. Yeah, proposing to Patty. Our phone girl, he called her. But really, she was almost a third partner in our business. She handled phones, yes, managed the trucks, 
scheduled routes and booked repairs for the laundry machines, hired attendants and drivers. She just liked being called the phone girl. She thought it made her sound young. Not that she looked her age. At 50-something. I never actually asked, especially when Freddie started dating her. He got serious, and I started losing interest in going to the bars or hitting on the women at the restaurants we serviced. Knowing even my one friend wanted to settle was rather unnerving. Ding. I'm driving, asshole, I grumble. The car offers to read the message, and I accept. The robotic voice says, Besides, what plans do you have? You don't date, if you ever did. You're working out of your damn home anymore. That's why Patty and I insisted you come to her holiday baking party so the other managers knew you still fucking existed. I roll my eyes. Freddie and I met almost 10 years ago. I was getting a degree in business management and working as a server at a local restaurant when I had started realizing that all cafes and restaurants used one big corporate service to launder their linens, from tablecloths and napkins to dish towels and everything. He had somehow gotten a laundromat he had no idea how to operate. I always suspected gambling. He was a mess back then, having lost his wife and daughter, and I had never had a family worth speaking of. Ding! Incoming message from Freddy. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Freddy says, Ace, tell me what's up. She's headed here. We've been talking the past six years, but I haven't seen her since she was eight. I need to know you got my back, man. I think about the must and scattered girl I saw at the grocery store. A peace offering, she'd said. She shouldn't need to apologize to whatever jerk got her hair must like that or the red in her cheeks. Damn. So much for trying to find a little fun over the holiday. A few girls over the next two weeks I had off would have been a decent distraction. If not one, I'd indulged in the past year or so, but that one could have been worth it. I turn on to Patty's street, park my car and nab my sports coat, and an umbrella from the back and the butter from the passenger seat. Then I take my sorry ass to the front door of her big house. Patricia Keller came from money. She had accepted a low beginning wage because she understood what Freddie and I were about and lent her own brand of smarts to the business. She invested in us, with her time and work ethic, as much as we invested in her. I shouldn't have been surprised when Freddie fell for her. When I push open the unlocked front door, I hit the wall of warmth and joy to the world, loud enough to make my ears ring. Then the sound of my name chanted in high-pitched voices as the women managers and wives noticed me. The men just nodded. The women, I think, had already imbibed in Patty's well-loved buttered rum. I should run. Just set the butter on her counter and return to the sanctuary of my condo. Then Patty, who is smiling ear to ear, her blonde hair perfectly secured in a bun so she wouldn't shed any into cookies or cocktails, came and threw her arms around me. There's the young man. Young man, I grumble. Thirty is young, she tosses over her shoulder. I don't feel young, but I didn't do half the things other twenty-somethings did. I'd been busy building the company, and it had been the first solid thing I'd ever had in my life. The company, Freddie's friendship, and, I suppose, Patty's. They were almost like a fun aunt and uncle, fused with older siblings, fused with business partners. Whatever. Life is weird. All right. Do you have anything not oozing sugar, I ask, or alcohol? 
She pauses, one hand on a hip, holding a turquoise tea towel. I forgot, you don't drink. Nope, I say. I never told them why, but I have reasons. Other people can. I don't care. But I'm not going to be my bastard of a father. Not for a night. Not for an hour. I have my own vices, but drinking isn't one. There's catered subs on the table in the den, Freddy calls. Had a feeling that'd be more your speed. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Ace. Really, Freddy says, leaning in the doorway. He's pushing 60. His dark hair just started thinning the last few years, but a decade of bachelorhood had given him a lean physique he was carrying into his next life stage with grace. I'm headed towards a less attractive midlife, but I just never found a reason to care. Charm was great when it got me things I wanted. More tips, a new client, a gorgeous girl in my bed for a weekend. But settling is what my mom did. It was why she wasn't around now. Relationships looked great on other people. They scare the shit out of me. The doorbell rings. Ace, could you get that? Patty asks, returning to a massive bowl of cookie dough. Yeah, fine, I say. The den is on the way back to the front door anyway. I nab a slice of holiday turkey sandwich, bellowing at the door. On the way! The person hits the doorbell again in impatience. Please! A woman calls from the door. It's raining cats and dogs, and I didn't prepare for the weather. It's always raining this time of year. How the hell could she not be prepared for the weather? I shake my head and open the door, still chewing the damn sandwich. First, I see the bags. Two suitcases, everything in black. And then I look up, and my breath catches. She fixed her hair and her makeup. Butter girl. She's far more stunning than the last girl I was with. Fuck, that was a while ago now. What is she doing here? You, she thunders. Butter thief? Um, look, I don't even know where to put my shit, where I'm staying, what's going on. I have no idea what's going on either, but I could stare at this woman all night. Anger is turning those cheeks red again. Her eyes are that moody blue-gray color. Her hair a dark brown that was almost black, but just like a shade too bright to qualify. Lynette, Freddie says, is that you, sweetheart? I stop mid-chew, my gaze sliding from the flustered and pissed vision in front of me to my friend, then back where her face lifts into an expression of cautious joy. The smile, though, it was heart-stopping. Hi, Daddy, she says. I hope you enjoyed this holiday bonus episode with Drea Moore. Check out the My Secret Obsession podcast to get Drea's social media links. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Happy Holidays!